on this week's episode of Poke and Kush. It's turkey time in Louisiana. And guess what we're serving up? Losses. All kinds of losses. We got Pelicans losses. We got Saints losses. We got spending millions of dollars to get on a float. And we've got going to jail for $90. Stick around. You're going to want to hear all about it right here on Poke and Kush. Come everyone to Polk and Kush. It is Wednesday, November 24th, 2021. A gobble gobble here and a gobble gobble there. Mr. Andrew Polk, happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving. Good. It's the best holiday. Yeah, it's your favorite. No, unquestionably. The three days off. The, uh, well, you know, not for people who have like real jobs, yeah. but you know, my kids are off for three days. Your kids have three days off from yeah, work. It's like, it's always the same day of the week. I think that's a really nice facet yeah. of Thanksgiving. There's no gifts. That's a wonderful facet of Thanksgiving. It's just a great holiday all around. It celebrates all the things that I care about. Food. Food. Football. Exactly. America. Italians. Yeah. <laughs> I'm way into pilgrims. I have a whole pilgrim. I uh, often make the Mayflower in a bottle. That's my, you know, hobby. Um, no, it's a great holiday. It's a wonderful time of year. And it has been, uh, it's just been kind of festive. Feels like everybody's sort of in the spirit. Yeah, it feels like a real holiday again. It's actually like the weather is Thanksgiving-y. Mm-hmm. I've got my turkey tree up. <laughs> I've got my Thanksgiving lights on the front of the studio. You know, I've got a buckle on my hat. Yes. That's pretty much it. No, I don't, you know, I haven't spoken to my family in years. <laughs> So I don't really have to worry about that. I can just get turned up on Thanksgiving. You're like Aaron Rodgers' brother. Well, it's like you know, like you know, like how a white lady will celebrate her birthday for the month. Uh-huh. It's my birthday month. Yes, this is my Thanksgiving week. <laughs> I'm drinking at work. I'm, uh, you know, guys, I have to eat a big meal on Thursday. I can't work this week. Yeah, I got. They don't have turkey at McDonald's, so I just got a couple of McRibs. <laughs> I thought it would be the same thing. It's going to be fun. I'm going to go to the track. Yeah, it's a. I mean, that's a great tradition. It really is. The idea that it opens on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, I'm going to go see, you know, Fletcher Mackle ride an ostrich. <laughs> they do that. They have, like, the wacky races. On Thanksgiving they do that? I think they do oh, on Thanksgiving. Uh, it's like, I know it's a thing. I know several people going. I think it'll be a fun day. I'll well, think. everyone has 500 Bloody Marys, so maybe the horses start to look like <laughs> ostriches after a few. I'm going to be there, Polk and Kush Nation. If you can find me, I'm going to be wearing a Steve Harvey suit. <laughs> it's going to be electric blue. I'm going to have on a 10-foot-tall top hat. <laughs> a bowler. <laughs> yes. The the only bad thing about the track, you, you've been before. Uh, not on Thanksgiving. Or, thanks, or not for a while. The Thanksgiving booze lines take hours. Oh, really? 
It's, I mean, literally, it, it might take an hour to get drinks. So oh, I'm crap. going, like, uh, you know, I'm going to be strapped to the gills. <laughs> just going to have, like, a, uh, like, when Tommy Boy did the road flares. Oh, yeah. It's just, just flask. With, with airplane just, bottles. Yeah. Just cans of Truly. That's what I'm going to be doing. And I recommend everyone else do that. I'll lose a bunch of money gambling, so the track <laughs> sure. doesn't have to worry about that. But it's going to be fun. I'm going to the Saints Bills. In the Superdome. Woo! Yeah. That is going to be interesting. I was downtown actually a pretty sizable portion of the day. I already saw some Bills fans in town. I mm-hmm. thought that was interesting. Downtown didn't say a word to me. Yeah. Didn't want to no. get lunch. Okay. No. I, uh, I went to the aquarium. Would you have wanted to come to the aquarium? Absolutely, I would have. <laughs> to the aquarium. I went to Mother's mm. uh, with my, uh, my brothers in town. Always wonderful to have him here and his family. And so Thanksgiving is already off to some Thanksgiving-y. It is a... I don't know, man. There's just something like Christmas feels like a pain in the ass every year. Maybe it's just because it's like... You've gone. It's because you have to do something for Christmas. Well, that's true too. Yeah, that definitely. There's a lot involved. Not so much me, but like I'm in the pro- my credit card <laughs> is getting a workout. Thanksgiving just feels like you know it's the start of something, and Christmas feels like the end of something, and it's just a pain. That and like everybody wants to schedule a dinner in December. Everybody does all their stuff. You know, it always just feels like there's a lot of yeah. events. And then uh, getting anything done in December is impossible because nobody's ever available. Nobody can do it, you know. Especially now. Yeah. I mean, this city is such a joke. I mean, <laughs> I forgot who I was talking to. They're like, does anyone here ever work? I was like, no. No. I was like, no one who wants to work lives here. If you want to work, you've moved somewhere else by now. Or you're my dad. That's um, the, only, <laughs> those are the only two extremes. There's a... Uh, you know, there's a labor shortage right now, yes. and certain uh, professions require a background check. My girlfriend has currently, for one month, been trying to get a background check at JPSO, uh-huh. and the machine is down. That's unbelievable. She went there once, and they, were, they acted like she was stupid. They're like, "Are you? Of course, it's not working. <laughs> get out of here." <laughs> And then they sent an email saying, "Hey, it's back up. Get in here." She goes out there, uh-huh. and they're like. Uh, who are you with? And she's like, I just need the thing. I've done it before. I'm in the system. Just go ahead and do it. And they're like, who are you with? And she's like, I'm with blah, blah, blah. And they're like, the machine is down. <laughs> it's like the ice cream machine at McDonald's. Yeah. Except for you can't work. It's not like you can't get an ice cream cup. There's a labor shortage right now. This is for a position that is in dire need. And JPSO is going... Yeah, you know, maybe we'll get some uh, nerd to come out here and turn the router back on. But We're waiting uh, for the guy from the Geek Squad to come fix our background check machine. <laughs> Jesus, man. So that's uh, that's you know what's happening right now with the city. Um, but you know, Thanksgiving can put a nice luster over that mm. of everybody just doing what we do here, which is get fatter and drunker. <laughs> Ignore our problems with gambling. <laughs> yes. Lots of gambling. That's what I'll be doing a lot of this week. Uh, I'll get to it a little bit later, but yeah, lots of gambling opportunities. This is kind of the best time of year for sports, for sure. 
NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball. It's all kind of going at once. There's a million things to gamble on. Uh, and one way to be an amazingly smart gambler mm-hmm. is just to bet against the New Orleans Pelicans yeah, every night. That seems to be going pretty well. <laughs> it's, a, it's a sound strategy. Now, I don't want this podcast to just be us saying everything sucks. We're all going to die. Sure. Light your Pelicans tickets on fire. I went to Ale on Oak. Uh-huh. That's right. Sponsor of the show. There you go. And I saw the Pelicans look like a real team against the Clippers. That's true. They came back from 21. To, it was a reverse. I thought I that game was like recording a Pelicans game and watching it in <laughs> Rewind. Some of our younger listeners might not know what Rewind is, but you would rewind the tape and it would go backwards. And that's what it felt like watching them. <laughs> Pelicans came back from 21 down. Josh Hart was the man. Mm-hmm. He continues to be the man on this team. Mm-hmm. He's definitely the uh, the player that gives the most of a shit. Definitely on the team, and uh, it was a it was a much needed bright spot in between doom and gloom, million point blowouts. No one giving a crap. Yes. This was a fun game. So I just want to focus on that for five seconds. Yeah, no, and let's talk about Josh Hart. Uh, I thought not only did he play great against the Clippers, right? When they got blown out the next night by Indiana, Josh Hart took the mic and said, we can't use being young as an excuse. It's a bullshit excuse. We're not that young. It doesn't really matter that we're young. The, the results are all the same. They all still count. Mm-hmm. And I thought the fact that he stood up there and said it, and it was a prolonged, you know, like a 90-second, two-minute answer of him just being like, I don't want to blame any of this on anything circumstantial. This is, we are, you know, him, him saying the Pelicans are within their capabilities to win more than they have. They are costing themselves a lot of these nights. And I, I don't know how much that message resonated with his teammates. I don't know how much it matters in the long run. But it was really good to just hear. It was refreshing to hear somebody say it. And then you watch him, and almost every night he's putting his ass in the line, and he's playing really hard, and he's playing really well. And it's a shame that it's going in kind of a, uh, a worthless effort in a lot of degrees. Well, I think what was refreshing uh, about hearing Josh Hart say that was not particularly just that he was saying that, because a lot of times players say that kind of stuff off camera. It was nice that he was saying it on camera, but it wasn't just like an excuse, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't particularly negative. He's a professional player. He seems like a very intelligent person, as well as a great basketball player, and he was speaking from someone with experience, someone who... You know, decided to stay here, yeah, and is speaking with a clear heart and a clear conscience. And I, I thought it was refreshing just to hear some honesty about the team. Yeah, that it would be hard to be negative about what he was saying was not positive news, but it was just like, oh, I'm not crazy. You know, the Pelicans yeah. gaslight their fans <laughs> all the time. Yeah, all the time. It's like, oh, things will be turning the corner any day now. It's going to be whatever. It's like. I mean, David Griffin is gaslit. I mean, you could light whole cities on fire with the way that he is uh, gaslit this fan base. Yeah, this dude is like Ryan Adams. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just, we're all the Mandy Moores of the world. Uh, you're only getting that on this show. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, man, there's, there's no questioning 
you need someone to be the adult on the team, right? And I think that guy in particular stands out because it's like this is a dude who on a good team would be such a valuable piece, and he's never played on a good team. He's been on he was on two or three shitty Lakers teams, and now he's been on three shitty Pelicans teams. And it's just unfortunate for a guy who can add an element to a winner that he never gets an opportunity to play for one. And I think that's definitely bugging him at this point. The problem is I don't think it bugs any of the other guys who haven't won anything. Brandon Ingram doesn't seem all that bothered. Certainly Nikhil Alexander-Walker seems in his own head, but I wouldn't say it's, you know, in the level of like calling out his own team and things of like that nature. Jackson Hayes looks like he's on a different planet. Like almost none of these guys have had any level of success with the exception of Jonas Valanciunas. He's been on some successful teams. Everybody else, I mean, you can categorically say they are losers. Like they have a bunch of losers on this team. And it's really hard to overcome that when your team isn't the most talented every night. And the game Monday was an abomination. That was a, a joke, a slap in the face of the fans, a, uh, a, a kind of night that makes you question, like, well, they got to do, they got to change something because this is a, a, a catastrophe. And this is the Minnesota game that we're talking about. Correct, yes. That game was, uh, I didn't watch it. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't think I was alone in not watching it. Nope. I go and check the stat box, I'd see. Basically the same thing over and over again. It's yeah. a tale of quarter by quarter with this team over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a lot of positive watching that Clippers game, but it seemed like, as you said, Jackson Hayes, not only on another planet, possibly playing another sport. <laughs> I feel like he has his phone in his pocket <laughs> while he's playing. And it buzzes while he's like doing something. He gets distracted by it. He wants to buy some new Balenciaga shoes that look like Fisher Price toys, or he's got a new hinge match. This dude, what is what is he doing out there? Uh, it it's it is the biggest pox on this team that he was taken with the number eight pick and doesn't give a shit about basketball. And that is, I mean, it, let's just call it what it is. The guy obviously could be talented, obviously could be really good. He has physical gifts that very few people in the world possess, and yet he does not, he flatly does not care enough about this to really do anything about it. He's not boxing out. He's not doing very basic things. That's not a a matter of talent. It's not a level of experience. It's not anything other than do you care enough to do these things. And he doesn't. And so Willie Green benched him again on mm-hmm. Monday. Uh, and then he also played Trey Murphy three minutes. Uh, so that's not a great sign. And Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who had started, I think, pretty much every game, he came off the bench because uh, they wanted to put new starters in there because they didn't like what Nikhil's doing. It's not a great statement that all of your draft picks are developing worse than you were hoping they would. It's either bad drafting or bad coaching, bad development, whatever you want to call it. The, 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 the trajectory of those guys is probably in, in many ways more troubling than the 3-16 and 16 record. Yeah, you know, this is a Pelicans team that's 
three and sixteen, and it wasn't that long ago that we were going Zion, Ingram, mm-hmm. f- a treasure chest of picks. Yep. What could really go wrong? <laughs> You're seeing what's going wrong with it now. I I I looked up when you mentioned that Nikhil didn't start. I I thought, oh, maybe Kyra Lewis started since he had such a good game against the Clippers coming off the bench. He did. Kyra Lewis did not start, but he played 32 minutes. Yeah, and had 10 points. He played okay. He had 14 points off the bench against the Clippers. Maybe a little more. Yeah. Um, he's looked better. He was he looked miserable for the first month, and he's looked better well anything looks better than being a ghost we just haven't seen kyra lewis at all this season yes and maybe the pelicans are going hey this season's over let's try and develop some of these guys that can't get away just yet (laughs) yeah so you might start seeing kyra lewis play 32 minutes um, you know, Sadoransky's starting. He had like a, a couple of like heads up plays. He had like the plays terrible. that like a Jewish guy at the Y does. <laughs> where it's like, yeah, I guess that's good hustle. He just looked like a goober. Yeah, a couple <laughs> of hockey assists. Yeah. Uh, dude, he. I don't want to watch another game where Garrett Temple and Thomas Sadoransky are starting again. What is. They're 3 and 16, okay? I get what Willie Green is trying to do, which is, uh, you know, let's run out every possible lineup combination and see if something sticks. None of these guys have really earned their spot, so let's continue to mix it up and play around with it and see what rotations work with who. And all that's fine, but it is a waste of time to watch this team with Garrett Temple and Thomas Sadaransky. Neither of them are going to be here next year. Neither of them have any ability to there's no ceiling there in their game like we know what they mm-hmm. can do what they can do is not much and Sadoransky in particular is just god awful uh temple at least is like a likable guy but i i think we're at the same conversation we had last year which is like if you're going to lose which this team is going to lose at least until zion is back you might as well play the young guys and see what you have Jackson Hayes getting zero minutes is such a damning statement in a game where you are three and 16 and getting the crap kicked out of you. And you're still like, no, we're playing Billy Hernan Gomez. (laughs) You sit there and look at your phone and, and, you know, check Instagram stories. Yeah. I, uh, there's a tweet I saw today, uh, from David Fisher that, uh, points out the, the Pelicans are minus one seventy. In 334 minutes, Garrett Temple has played this season. They are minus two in the other 578 minutes. That's incredible. That's an insane. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's probably misleading. I know it's misleading, but it really is unbelievable. It's like when stuff is misleading, but it's correct. What do you call it? I know. I know. It's like it's probably not that bad because it's not all his fault, but it definitely is part his fault. He's not good. I know. Maybe with Jackson, you know, Jackson was trained as a tight end. Yeah, it's like he doesn't seem like a basketball player at all. He doesn't seem like he likes it. No, he just he just seems like a guy who's going to be 6'10 for the rest of his life, and you'll see him in a bar and go, I bet that guy played ball. Yeah, exactly. Well, I have no idea who he is. <laughs> 
Nice shoes, though. Nice jacket. Yeah, he's made an entire career, and he's going to make $20 million based on the fact that he's got unbelievable athletic skills, and he's very tall. Well, this is where my idea comes in of being able to trade players from the Pelicans to the Saints and vice versa. <laughs> no question. I tweeted something about this, and our... F- I- Twitter might be a little too literal. Yeah. Like, have you seen the Pelicans play? Unfortunately, I have. (laughs) Yes, I have seen the Pelicans play. Do I think any of them would be better than Brian Johnson? Absolutely. I'd put Alvin Gentry out there in place of Troutman. Troutman got a big touchdown. We'll talk about that next. We'll get into that in our loser of the week segment. Burn the nerd. Oh, dude. Trey Murphy not playing, though. That is really a bad sign. Like, that obviously means that whatever. Defensively, he doesn't know what he's doing. There's he's Obviously, he's not shooting well. Uh, but, like, you want one of these guys who have emerged. None of them have emerged as being a reliable, even serviceable player. I, Nikhil is probably the best of the group, and Nikhil is like one of the worst shooters in the NBA right now. Yeah. He's like literally like a bottom seven shooter for guys who take more than 10 attempts a game. He sucks. Like everybody loves Nikhil because they want to like Nikhil, and they've already sees the flashes, and they're like, oh, this guy could be really good. He's not good. He's just not. They banked a lot on him. He's bad. And at least he's not a complete. He looks only good next to Jackson Hayes. The same way Jefferson Parrish only looks functional next to Orleans <laughs> Parrish. Nikhil Alexander Walker only looks functional next to Jackson Hayes because they were taken in the same draft. Well, the key with Nikhil is before every game, go, hey, Nikhil, you know this is the summer league, right? <laughs> know, man. Just trick him into thinking it. <clears throat> Put the game, maybe they move the home games to Vegas. Take him to Jackson Square. Take him to go see Psychic, uh, you know, Chris Angel, whoever the hell's out there. Hypnotize him into thinking that it's summer league all the time. Yeah. Uh, so last night, I actually didn't sit in the press area. I had two friends come and meet me, went to the game, and then about halfway through the third quarter, they're like, this kind of sucks. I was like, yeah, that's fair. I was like, I, I, I hear, like, you're here every game. I was like, I'm here basically every game. They're like, yeah, this is bad. I was like, well, this is worse than usual, but it is definitely bad. And then we left like 10 minutes left to go watch the end of Monday Night Football and have a hamburger. Oh, man. I mean, it's, dude, it's. it's How are the hamburgers at Rick's? <laughs> Your two friends, the Jokic brothers. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just, I mean, anybody going to those games. With a handful of exceptions of the two home wins. But you just can't, like, you can't have fun there. No. It's not fun. And that is a a huge problem because NBA games are supposed to be fun, especially here. It's cheap as hell. It's easy as hell to get to. Like, all the things that could make it kind of a cool environment. You don't need 17,000 people. You need, like, 10,000 people to show up and have a good time. And it'd be fun to do. And instead, it's just not, and they've really, it's, it's hard to uh, continue to watch this. But we will. We certainly will. We will continue watching uh, the Pelicans play the Wizards on Wednesday night. That could be fun. Yeah, I'm sure that'll go. And then, you know, those back-to-back road games in Utah, I'm sure those will go swimmingly <laughs> uh, this weekend. I can't imagine what's going to happen there. I mean, what's the point spread going to be? I have no idea. It's going to be like 17. It, I think it 
<laughs> Could it be more? I mean, they're going to get annihilated. Yeah. Well, the fans are having fun. They're just having fun in different places. Uh, Saturday, the Kings played the Jazz, and a Kings fan <laughs> threw up on the court, court side. And oh, did you see how much vomit it was? Yeah. It was an absurd amount of vomit. Well, I had my suspicions because, you know, Go Gobert was there. Oh, yeah. Mr. COVID-19. <laughs> He's like close to this guy throwing up. He's like, yeah, he's drunk. I didn't give him some new disease that I brought into this country from France. It was like could have filled like a, a whole bucket. It was disgusting. How does that happen there and not in New Orleans yet? I, yeah, it's a very good point. We've had like Spice Adams sneak on the floor and shoot free throws. Nobody's projectile vomited. Remember um, that little kid just walked on the court and hugged hug, Carmella? Yeah, that was great. That was uh, Jeff Eichenhofer, right? I love Jim. Jim, fuck. Uh, <laughs> that'd be great if he just decided one day to get fired and just went on the court and hugged one of the players. It was fucking fantastic. Um, yeah, man. It's it, barfing on the court side. That's like an all-time worst nightmare kind of thing. Yeah. It's like this is spilling your drink on the player. Like what was the Larry David thing where he tripped Trip, Shaq? Shaq yeah. yeah. Like when you're on the, I mean, those seats are really on the, on the court and uh, just barfing up your entire guts. Wow. Well, speaking of barfing up your entire guts, <laughs> we've got all the usuals coming right up for you. Stick around. Folk and Kush. Ale on Oak, everybody. That's right. Your favorite bar, my favorite bar, everybody's favorite bar. The place to go to watch any sport on television. The place to go to hang out on the best patio in Uptown. There is nothing finer than an evening or an afternoon at Ale on Oak. Full menu, 30 beers on tap. Everything you could want, dream, and imagine we love Ale on Oak. You will love it, too. It is the only place, literally the only place in this city where you do not have to ask them to turn the Pelicans game on. Yeah, I went on Friday night, uh, patio, a lot of people out, plenty of tables, got a great spot. I was in uh, two of the several TVs outside had the Pels on it. Yeah. A ton of TVs inside had Pels on it. They had table service for food. I mm -hmm. got French fries like a real fancy boy. There you go. You know, something to go with the 18 Miller High Lifes. Uh, it was a great environment. The staff was super friendly. Uh, a big thing for me currently is I'm sick of going to places because no one works there. Mm -hmm. No yes. one works anywhere. Ale is treating people right. They got, they're fully staffed. And again, Pelicans games. Yeah. You might not want to see the Pelicans <laughs> play these games, but... That's what the other TVs are there for. I have probably now in the last three weeks have been out during Pelicans games uh, like four or five times. I've just, for whatever reason, I've been out and about. Yeah. And ha every single place I've gone that's not ale, I've had to ask them to turn the game on. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. No one else in the city gives a crap. Ale on Oak gives a crap. You should support them because they do. And if you listen to the show, it probably means you care about the Pelicans at least a little bit, right? Go check them out. Ale on Oak. That's Oak Street, 
right off the streetcar line. You are going to love it. Please check him out. That is a sponsor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what other sport you could have watched? Football? Football. Yeah. Holy shit, Polk. <clears throat> I want you to take me through your Sunday. My Sunday was uh, I went to a non-ale location. Uh-huh. I watched the game. The fervor around Saintsdom has died out at a level where everywhere is packed and crazy. Yeah. Where I went was not packed and crazy. Uh-huh. And it is definitely a packed and crazy place normally. Yes. The Saints fandom seems to have uh, calmed significantly. There were a ton of Eagles fans there, really? you know, having a good time, doing the Dougie. Yeah, they're doing that Dabbing stupid, on them. Are they flapping their arms They're and doing stuff. all that. The flip, flip, Flipadelphia, <laughs> the rock flag eagle. Somebody was dressed up as Nightman. Green Man was there. They were having a, they were having a lot more fun than we were. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, this was the kind of game where you look at your phone probably more than you should just because uh-huh. it's like, well... I'm not invested in this in the least. Yes. I did not feel invested. I did not feel hooked. There were a couple of moments that I really tried to like sink my hopes (laughs) into. (laughs) And, you know, whether it was a dropped pass, whether it was an unknown goon Mm -hmm. goofing it up. (laughs) <laughs> or whether it was Philadelphia looking like the unstoppable Titans they have. Seriously. It's incredible. They're not even good. No, they're very bad. I fully expect the Saints just to continue this playing to the level of their opponents nonsense. We've seen this with Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah. That uh, that has spread throughout the team. Seems it would appear yeah. the Bills are going to get fucked in the ass. <laughs> Pardon me saying ass, but I think I think the Saints are going to win. What's the spread? I think the Saints are going to get 12 and a half on them. Yeah, I, get, I mean, I mean, unfortunately for the Saints, I guess the Bills have lost some really bad games. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you know, they're not like uh, the sexiest team in America anymore coming in. So that'll probably, you know, they'll fall apart. The NFL this season has not figured out who it wants to be the sexiest team. Tampa was, and then they lost two or three in a row. The Rams were, they lost two or three in a row. Yeah. The Bills have lost two or three in a row. Now morons are saying, like, watch out for San Francisco, who's four and five, you know, watch. Yeah. Like, everybody was watching out for Kansas City the whole time. They just lost some games. Yeah, Like, there wasn't, when the Saints lose a game... There's a lot of despair around it because there are so many reasons to point why and there's so many moving parts and nothing is stacked in the Saints' favor. The Chiefs have a huge stack in their favor because you could point out, oh, Patrick Mahomes isn't playing or isn't playing well, and they're just going to get better throughout the season. He'll be fine. And now they're a wrecking crew again. They Uh have almost the same record as the Saints, Mm -hmm. but they're not even in the same stratosphere. They are a Jackson Hayes, Ben Wallace (laughs) level difference. Dude, it's hard to watch the Saints team, man. I I kind of stopped watching the game in the middle of the second quarter. I was watching both kids, so it's hard to keep an eye on it. And Toy Story, the Saints. Yeah, and it just became a point where it's like, I, I'm not going to 
really neglect my duties as a parent, like I do most Sundays. Yeah. To like really you do it when it's fun. Yeah. It's like really understand what's going on in these, this game. I was like, who cares? You could tell from the first three, four drives. Like, this is a joke. Like, the, Jalen Hurts, they, they had decided the strategy. I believe stra- it's Yalen. <laughs> the strategy, from what I could tell in the early going, the strategy was literally don't rush him. It was like we're going to have three guys rushing, three guys kind of standing in the intermediate, like, you know, to not allow him to run. And so we're just going to let him stand there and throw the ball. And it's like eventually someone's going to get open uh, or they're just going to run it like normal run it down your goddamn throat. And the Saints had no answer. Dennis Allen for the second year in a row had no clue what to do against this Eagles uh, offense, which isn't good against anyone else. No. Only good against the Saints. And I think it exposed this defense for what they are, which is that they are okay. Good. You can call them good, I suppose. They are far from elite. They're far from, like, the, the defense that you, like, can go in a shell, punt the ball a thousand times, and hope that they, you know, carry you to victory. That's a terrible strategy. Sean Payton is insistent in doing it, despite the fact he has no kicker. And then all of a sudden, in the fourth quarter, the Saints decide to open it up. And what do you know? They've got an offense. And what do you know? Things start clicking. And it's like how it's monumentally frustrating to see it every single week. It doesn't start clicking until the fourth quarter. It makes no sense. I want to make a few points here. Uh, Cam Jordan. This is Cam Jordan's farewell game. He's done you could see just him floating out there like a specter of who he used to be unmanned feet from Jalen Hurts just standing there not confused knowing where the ball is Uh knowing that it's in Jalen Hurts hand and going I'm old (laughs) I am tired (laughs) I am not gonna go get hurt over this nonsense what I'm gonna hurt? I'm gonna snap my femur in half, and then we're gonna give the ball to Trevor Simeon. No, thank you. There were plays where you could see him just looking at Jalen Hurts, like he was gonna draw a portrait at the fair. So Cam Jordan is done for. Like you're gonna get in the Saints Hall of Fame. Thank you for your duty. Get the fuck off the field. <laughs> What's so frustrating is that. Marcus Davenport is actually playing really well. Yeah. And if he had done anything the last two or three seasons, the Saints probably win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, that's exact. that was the one piece they so badly needed was someone next to Cam Jordan when he still had a pulse on the other side to be able to create havoc like that. And, he, and now, as Cam Jordan is basically, like, has a knee in the grave... Uh, this guy all of a sudden starts <laughs> playing well. You're like, well, this completely defeats the purpose. And this was like, the, there's, this is just, I really just wish he continued to suck and we could just call him a bust and it was over. <laughs> and instead, it's like, this is so much harder and worse. And it's like, uh, you have a stock and the stock goes down, like way down, and then you sell it. And then the minute you sell it, it shoots back up. It's like, I just wish the company had crashed and burned all the way to the <laughs> ground and I saw it go to zero. Because this is really hard to take. I'm glad that he's on the team. I'm glad that he's doing well. Quan Alexander, I think, is another part of that puzzle that would have gotten the Saints a ring had he stayed healthy that Uh one season. Uh, It's nice to see him out there. But as you said, this defense, I think, is exposed. Number one against the run. Sure, 
you can protect the run pretty good whenever the teams don't have to rely on it. Every team that's put up 20, 30, 40 on the Saints has been airing that fucker out. Yes. They haven't had to run it, so the Saints having the best r- defense against the run doesn't really matter. Yeah. The the bottom line, right? When you've given up the 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 far and away the best game to three different quarterbacks on your schedule, Matt Ryan, Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts. You've given up the three best games to all three of those guys. That's a you problem. Mm-hmm. That is that is mediocre quarterbacks coming in and kicking your ass. You are not that good. Like that's just what it is. And the Saints are in a tough spot. I don't know what more they can do. We're going to talk about them being hurt for the millionth time. They're very, very hurt. I don't know what else there is to say about that. They're not as banged up defensively as they are offensively, so it makes a little bit more sense that the offense is is horrific. But, uh, man, I'm much more disappointed in the defense than I am in the offense. And it's a battle for your disappointment. Yeah, I mean, it's all hard to watch. Um, Troutman... Uh, didn't redeem himself, but he did cast, catch a touchdown pass, which looked like a very difficult pass to catch. Yeah. He somehow got that one. Uh-huh. It was funny because he caught the pass and everyone was like, yeah, but still. <laughs> Can we still hate him? I don't know. Cut him later. <laughs> Next quarter. And then he got hurt immediately, right? Yeah. He's out for three to four <laughs> weeks. Ugh. Just put him like a. Send him to the glue factory. What? <laughs> I just don't understand why Juwan Johnson isn't like getting these balls instead of Troutman. He must be have no idea what's going on. I mean, offense. he's like, he's significantly better. Yeah, he, he's a better athlete. He yeah. has great hands I comparatively. I guess he doesn't block. Fine. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Jimmy Graham didn't block, and look at how good he was. That's true. He didn't block at all. Uh, Jeremy Shockey didn't block either. Uh, Dude, this is just – they're in a hard spot, man. Both these teams are in a really bad way, and I I don't know what gets fixed. I can see them showing up and beating Buffalo, like you said. I can see them beating Dallas. I can – like, you can – see a scenario in which they do kind of figure it out and they've got enough talent defensively that on the right days they can probably win some games it just sort of feels they're in this like weird no man's land like you're not going to get a top five pick you've already won five games you're not going to make a run in the playoffs because you don't have any players uh so what are you doing here you know we're just watching this every sunday for the sake of watching it and, yeah, I mean, you can very much tell, like you said, the fervor around this team has died down significantly, and I don't really blame people for it. No, I, I don't either. Um, you know, just because it's the Saints, it's something to do. I have a sincere interest in the team. I'm going to keep watching it. Sure. But if it comes down to, you know, hey, I got front row tickets, you know, to Texans Saints, I'm like, well. <laughs> I'm good. I'm yeah, good. I might yeah. just stay at home for this one. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, anyway, we, that that could that could turn with the pendulum too. Yeah. If the the Saints beat Buffalo and win against Dallas, I think you know marching right back into it. Sure. Uh, but you know, it, it is just weird. It's it's just. I think everyone knew for a very long period of time a season like this was coming. Whenever Breeze left, 
what we didn't anticipate was not only did Breeze leave, but then you've got all of your talent offensively is all hurt at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you're talking your three best offensive linemen. You're talking Michael Thomas. You're talking Alvin Kamara. Like, there's just not much else there. And it does make it very difficult uh, to keep up with it. But I'm going to keep watching it, even if it's, you know, with half an eye and the end of it. Uh, I'm not super invested in them right now, but that's kind of just the way it goes. And I think everybody sort of gets the same feeling. And this was the sort of season we knew was coming. And we just got to keep watching and see what happens and see if anything changes. But in the meantime, we will switch gears a little bit. We, of course have a whole bunch of segments. Well, I hope you Cajun fried that turkey because <laughs> this Thanksgiving, there is a little bit of New Orleans spice <laughs> in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Louisiana has paid $1.3 million to have a float in the parade for the next three years. Of uh, an alligator. I guess they can change it. This year's, it's it's an alligator. Is it the Bacagator? Next season, it'll be a crawfish. And the season after that, it'll just be a sign saying, please rebuild New Orleans 2025 after Katrina 2 blew it up. It'll just be a giant construction zone with six workers and vests asleep on the floats. I mean, if they want this parade to be true to Louisiana... One, the float gets carjacked. Yes. Two, the float falls into a pit. <laughs> the There's no license plate on the float, or it's like a paper one that you can't see, and it has tinted windows. <laughs> Twelve digits. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like it's going from the left lane to the right lane all the way towards Downman Road. This is your New Orleans Thanksgiving float. What are they going to throw out at it? Is it the state or is it the city? It's a state. Okay. Louisiana. So it's not just about New Orleans. It's also about Farmerville, Louisiana. (laughs) Trying to get everyone to come to Faraday. (laughs) Come to Spearsville, Louisiana. All you people in New York City. Have you ever thought of going to Iota? It's a really nice little town. There's a Loves. (laughs) There's there's a guy there who makes a chitlin loaf. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, dude. $1.3 million to get in that goddamn parade is incredible. Do people watch that parade? My wife watches that parade, but I thought she was like the only person under 70 who watches that parade. Do people watch that? My wife does. (laughs) But I always, every year, I'm like, no one watches this thing. It's like, well, I guess people watch it. 1.3 million is a lot of money. I put it on, you know. Is it because there's just literally nothing on that day? Yeah, I hate the peanuts. Okay. I hate Charlie Brown. Okay. And that's the only other thing on. Isn't it like a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving thing? During the morning? Look, dude, I have Pluto <laughs> TV. The channels just rotate. I'm watching American Gladiators. It's not. What's the, what's the, are there Thanksgiving movies that are big playing in the morning? I don't know. I put the parade on. Sure. Me and, me and Mrs. Cush watch the parade every Thanksgiving morning. Watch not Florida, together. Watch Florida Georgia Line do a <laughs> lip sync of whatever you know their newest hit is. Yeah, Dora the Explorer is out there with Joe Biden. <laughs> and the, the parade, the parade, we can throw that in the overrated category. We're not doing those this week. God damn that parade, man! Uh, I I uh, I've talked to people who've been to it. 
My parents went to it. Sounds monumentally stupid to go see in person. You know how you can't pee at Mardi Gras if you don't know anybody around you? Uh-huh. That's that for the entire... Nobody knows anybody in New York. Yeah. You're not going to go into, like, the Hello Deli and pee. There's also not, like... like are there marching bands? I believe so, yeah. Okay. I know there's, like, walking, like, people walking, holding those stupid balloons up in the air. Like, do, do I really need to see a you know, three ton Snoopy and you know, it just seems ridiculous. Well, it's kind of, I think it's kind of a NASCAR appeal because people like when the balloons hit the power lines, which they (laughs) always do. They still do. You think they would have figured that out in the, I think they've been doing it for like a hundred years. A long time. Yeah. And they've had those balloons for a hundred years. Yeah. You think they would figure out some way to not have them explode all the time. Yeah. No, they still explode all the time. Yeah. And then, I remember Bart Simpson exploded when I was a kid. Oh, nice. I think Pikachu exploded recently <laughs> and like Spider-Man. Dude, they got to get their stuff. There's like a hundred people holding those balloons together too. Yeah. It seems like quite a, a, a thing for, to not understand what's going on there. Uh, they also do all the Broadway shows. So you can be like, oh my God, are these people still making these stupid musicals? Yeah. Like, People are watching these musicals. They're paying hundreds of dollars to watch, you know, some guy sing about his rent. Like, <laughs> is that what rent is about? Rent I've never about. seen rent. Yes. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, a bunch of whiny people complaining about their rent. <laughs> I saw Grease. There was no Grease at all. I thought it would be about McDonald's. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's I know I know it'll be on my TV, whatever, like eight, nine a.m. Uh, it'll it's no question. So hey, Louisiana, getting your own float. I mean, I guess we're who's is there one person who's like you know I never thought about going to Louisiana, but look at that, that's a gumbo pot. Maybe and, and a big fat guy in Hoda Kotb is telling me about how much she likes it. Probably, on TV. I I think it's for Mitch Landrew. He's gonna go Louisiana. Where have I heard of that before? <laughs> oh yeah, that's why I was. Yeah, I remember that place now. I should go check on it sometime. I used to live there. <laughs> I built an airport that doesn't have enough parking and doesn't have a, a, a freeway to get to it. But I only went triple over the budget. So, you know, I think I did a pretty good job running that place. He's going to be on there waving with Ellen. Oh, yeah. It'll, it's going to be Ellen, Hodakopi, and Mitch Landrew. Just, you know, it's a, it's a paradise down here, folks. <laughs> We've, we've only got hit by 11 hurricanes in the last 18 months. That's, is Billy Nungesser going to be on the float? He might be in the float. <laughs> they have to have somebody like in there steering, right? He's in like a dunk tank of gravy. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we want to do another local story? If we do. Yes, let's do one more. <laughs> uh, natural sex. Uh, NOLA.com had a great story about the New York Times. Always good when your paper is covering what another paper puts in their paper. That's how you know it's good news. That's good news gathering right there. Uh, The headline from NOLA.com is, uh, Like live music, gay bars and Democrats, the New York Times thinks you'll like New Orleans. (laughs) So basically, the New York Times came out with a, uh, a, a, a survey or uh, one of those multiple choice, basically like a BuzzFeed thing of like, you know, how much do you love Donkey Kong? And, you know, you answer like 12 questions about it, and they tell you that you're Diddy Kong. 
Uh, this, <laughs> this instead is, uh, I guess there's 17,000 places in the United States that best suits you based on a whole bunch of different stuff. Uh, for example, if you were to put in a Greenwood, if you were to put in uh, that you like things, I mean, lame shit, all right, let's be honest, lame stuff like Not that. Donkey Kong. Yeah. <laughs> Schools and low crime and you know, more space for your money than Greenwood, Arkansas is a place that the New York Times think you would like to hang out. Come on. Yeah. They don't have a Willie's Chicken Shack. No, but if you like really cool stuff like gay bars, yeah. less space for money, mm-hmm. less snow, a large black population, mm-hmm. Democrats. Does people want to be around Democrats or Republicans? Is anyone like, I like the people of that political party. Be like, I just want to be like, I was, I don't understand being like, I want to be around not Republicans. I want to be around not Democrats. That I can understand. But That's like, why you go to the gay bar. Yeah, I want to be around Democrats. Like, who wants to be associated with some people of a political party and restaurants? You get a 93% match with the Crescent city. wasn't like, I'd like getting my tire changed all the time. So if I take that survey and I say, I like being around Democrats, I like less space for my money. Uh huh. And I like, what were the other ones? Less snow, a large black population, Mm -hmm. live music and gay bars. I like all that stuff. Sure. I also own a glass company. <laughs> that should be number one. Yeah. Like, uh, do you, can you replace auto glass? Do you have a garbage picking up ability of your own? Do you own a garbage truck? <laughs> you will be the. You are the king of the city. Did you take the test and you put in that you liked all that stuff? <laughs> I not taken the test yet. I'm going to have to do that at some point. I Where really, do you think you're going to wind up? Uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, because it says if you select good schools, a short commute, more space for your money, and low climate risks, you get 93% for Lincoln, Nebraska. So that sounds great. I'll that sounds honest. like exactly what I'm looking for. I'll be honest. I don't even know what more space for my money means. <laughs> I mean... Like the... Like, I would pay the same amount that I do for the Bud Light Lime Studio, and there I'd have a Bud Light Mansion? Uh, Correct. Okay. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're in Lincoln, Nebraska, and therefore, you know, if you pay more than $650 a month in rent, you're a goddamn idiot. Yeah, and with all that money you're saving, you can go down to the Country Kitchen Buffet. Exactly. Go see the Allman Brothers cover (laughs) band at Root and Snooters downtown. (laughs) All the attractions of Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> it's the big stuff, man. Go see the big red. Uh, it's, you know. I, see future Troutmans in training. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If you want to watch white guys play defense and lose every week, you can have fun in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, so I just thought it was great that Nola.com was like, well, these, <laughs> these are the things that the people at the New York Times think that we're good at. And it's like. Well, that's pretty. They they got us. Yeah, I think they got us for the most part, <laughs> except for the auto glass part. That should have been a question. <laughs> uh, that takes us in to my favorite part of every single week on this year' program, ladies and gentlemen. The worst. The worst. This is from our old friends at Vice, the only TV channel I've ever been on. Vice. Oh yeah. I'm. Well, I've also been on Hulu. Would you did stand up on there? No, it was Cops, uh, Monroe. 
I uh, burgled the huddle house and uh, made my getaway. <laughs> yeah, I was on Flophouse on Vice, which I think is on Hulu now. If anybody wants to see it, just... What year? Too long ago. Okay. <laughs> Probably yeah. 2016, I think. They did it here? Yeah. Okay. They did it here. You can fast forward through most of the episode. <laughs> 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 I'll just put it that way. I'm not saying it's bad. Just that you. I'm not saying it's bad. Through. I'm just saying if you've been to a show in the city in the last ten years, you know what I'm talking about. You've seen it. Anyway, Vice has a story out. Mother and daughter spend months in jail after cops mistake tea for drugs. Whoopsie daisy. The two served time, even while the police were aware of problems with the testing of the drugs. The drugs are tea, by the way. They're referring to them as drugs. Uh, a lady and her daughter imported 25 kilograms of brown ginger tea into Australia this year. They intended to sell it at a higher rate. The beverage is known as a remedy for period pain in the country of Malaysia, where they are from. And they were looking to make a profit of about $90 Australian. $90. $90 Australian. I don't even know what that means. That could be $1,000. <laughs> that could be. That's like telling me I have a Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, heavily armed police officers raided their home in Sydney in January after the Australian Border Force uh, intercepted the tea packets at the International Airport and identified the contents as amphetamine. The women were arrested and jailed for four months despite the fact that authorities were made aware of problems with the test used to identify the substance in the weeks and following months. Australia really was an unlikely contender for like the most intense government on earth. And they just seem to have swept the award in the last two years. They just immediately converted to fascism. They're like yeah. walking around, sh like shaking people's cups outside <laughs> to make sure that they're like drinking coffee. Because you like have to have a purpose to go outside. There's a video of cops going up to people that are jogging, holding cups. And I guess people were circumventing the uh, being outside rule. You have to have an activity to go outside. So they were going outside with empty cups going, yeah, we're drinking a coffee. Oh, my God. They weren't just allowed to go outside. There's like all these crazy videos, especially on TikTok, of like the cops going to the beach. And they like some guy was sunbathing. They're like, you can't sunbathe. You have to surf, swim, or get the fuck out of here. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, it's wild, man. I never expected it from Australia. I don't know why. I guess I always figured they'd be like this libertarian streak to Australia because they're all Because like, they're all criminals. Yeah, that's like previously. Outlaw Island or whatever it is. <laughs> that like every video of them is always like, you know, just some wild dude like banging a bunch of chicks. Like that's uh, Australia just seems like a, uh, a crazy place where crazy people live. And instead, it's like the place that is the most like police state now in America. And this story is like fits right in line with that. Ninety dollars they were trying to make a profit. They yeah. kicked in their door. And this was uh, during. I mean, there's they seem to still be in the height of the pandemic. This was in January of last year. Okay. They got out of jail in May. The charges were not even withdrawn until August, which was not that long ago from now. Um, they had, I suppose, some court hearings about it in regards to the drugs not being tested. And they were basically just saying, well, what are you going to do? 
So what ended up happening? They got out of jail after four months being in there. Four months? Four months. For tea. Oh, my God. The uh, case has further been adjourned to March because uh, the two women are countersuing for cost. Well, that's probably more than $90 Australian. For their period cramps. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus (laughs) Christ. $90. $90. Yeah. Now I want to try the tea. <laughs> I'm like, I this stuff cramps. is so good that you think it's amphetamine? Man, sign me up for some of this cocaine uh, Midol tea. I just can't believe the cops didn't like, whoops, and like, you know, backtrack and whatever. You know, like, I would imagine that happens from time to time here, right? They like think they have a drug bus and they go in there and it's just... A bunch of guys playing video games, you know, and trading. When was the last time uh, you ever heard a cop apologize? That's a very <laughs> valid, salient point. For anything. For anything. But they'll occasionally just drop it. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, we screwed up. Well, they did after a mere eight yeah. months here. Yeah. Eight months after they were Four arrested. Four months in jail? I'm not saying that's worse than being on death row and you didn't actually kill anybody. But it's similar. It's got to, like, actually, I do think it's worse. Because if you're on death row, it's like, well, a lot of people made a mistake. You went to the jury, and they screwed you over. This was like, everybody kind of knows this was a scheme to make $90, and you've just decided to throw me in jail. That's just, that's like a system that's completely broken. Yeah, it is. So to our listener in Australia... Sorry, buddy. We'll um we'll get like a GoFundMe together. Not with tea. Just send money and we'll get you out of there. We'll get you out of there. If you could just send us some tea, we we could dig it. Uh, that takes us through this week's episode. We hope everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving. We hope you are listening to this while you're taking a nice walk, enjoying uh, not having work for the week. Uh, thank you so much to everybody who has liked, who has rated, who has subscribed. If you haven't. Well, I hope you have a terrible Thanksgiving. Um, I hope everyone tells someone at their table this week, hey, I listened to this great podcast, and you guys should probably try it. It's called Polk and Kush. I'm going to send it on a text with a link to like 95 people on it. What are you thankful for? I'm thankful for this podcast where these guys talk about how the teams I like aren't good. (laughs) And then they follow it up by saying other things aren't good. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, the city I like isn't good. <laughs> the food I like isn't good. And, you know. Great hats, though. Great hats. Killer merch. Uh, anyway, sincere thanks. We do love all of you. We appreciate it. Thank you so very much. We'll talk to you next week right here. Polk and Kush.